Good evening. My name is Al Whitney. Welcome to In Defense of Humanity. This program is about helping people reawaken to the wonderful qualities of our own species while accepting and understanding that the current corporate commercial legal structure both government and businesses built upon is actively seeking to take control of most organic life forms on our planet. Restoring our unalienable rights and preserving our planet will require that we, the people, understand what has happened and learn how to empower ourselves as living men and women. Much of the information discussed on this show can be found either on my primary website, anticorruptionsociety.com, or my secondary site, parentsagainstmandatoryvaccines.net. There is also an IDH program links page on the anticorruptionsociety.com website where you can locate links to many of the topics we discuss on this show. I'd like to make new listeners aware that there is a free People's Empowerment Guide to our corporate commercial legal system on my website and it's called Lawfully Yours. It is a collaboration of many men and women in the legal accountability movement. You can locate it by clicking on the Lawfully Yours tab. This guide contains valuable tools for challenging the non-existent authority of our corporate government, as does the Notice of Condition Precedent information also on my website. If you haven't yet processed your own notice, please check it out. Well, tonight, um, uh, April 13th, 2019, I'd like to share with the listeners an interesting YouTube from No More News, which is Adam Green's YouTube channel, 
that I ran across this week. And it's interesting. It was almost a synchronicity, I guess. Because last Saturday, uh, a group who gathers periodically here in Central Ohio to discuss the the legal system and um, what our legal rights may or may not be, and they've been they've been gathering together for many years, and they share their research and their information. And last Saturday, they decided to bring in and, and air the documentary called Vice which is about Dick Cheney. I did not attend that meeting, and um, some of the people who were in attendance didn't really want to watch the documentary. Others thought it was quite interesting, so I wasn't there to get the feedback other than to know that some people weren't interested. But enough people were that it caught their attention. Now, I don't know how seriously they took that, that video, that documentary, it's been everywhere. Apparently, a lot of people know about it. But I ran across, after I heard of that, an interview that Adam Green did with Christopher Bolin, where they reviewed this documentary, and Christopher gave his insight based on his research. If you don't know who Christopher Bolin is, Christopher Bolin is actually the man who solved 9-11. Uh, there's no doubt about that. When you read his book, when you listen to his interviews, he also made a a documentary. You will just go, oh, my gosh, it makes all the sense in the world because he's got the name of the people who were in, in uh, place at the time the event happened, people who were in charge of covering up the crime. He's done an excellent job. If you haven't seen it, I recommend that you listen to the interview, which I think took place about a year ago, that Adam Green did with Christopher Bowen about his book and about his research. And if you type in your search button, put in YouTube dash Christopher Bowen, the man who solved 9-11. And you can listen to that and watch what he has to say. Absolutely fascinating. To me, there was no more doubt of any kind as to who perpetrated the crime of 9-11 against um, the population of the United States. And the same criminals who committed that crime, of course, launched this ongoing war on terror, which, which was declared by the Bush administration shortly after 9-11, has been renewed every year by the president in office, first Bush, then Obama, and now Trump, each year, annually, the president renews the permanent state of, of emergency called the War on Terror, which we've talked about many times on this show, the status of the permanent state of national emergency, which has been ongoing since 1933. If you aren't familiar with that, just check out Senate Report 93-549, and you will see that this is not a rumor, this is not an opinion, this is a well-researched fact. Anyway, back to the movie Vice. So this interview that Adam Green did with Christopher Bolin I thought was absolutely fascinating, and it covers a lot of the, the politics behind the scenes that mainstream media does not talk about, and um, it exposes the lies 
and the propaganda that are in that documentary. So I'm, I'm hoping the listeners find it as interesting as I did. It is about an hour long. We're going to go ahead and play it uh, all the way through. Uh, Ken will break for you know, commercials and then resume immediately after the commercial, and we'll, I'll come back on when it's over. So please enjoy this really fascinating interview whereas Christopher Boland gives his ideas, his input based on huge amounts of research on the recently available, I think on YouTube, it was done recently, documentary called Vice about Dick Cheney. Go ahead, Ken. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Adam Green with No More News. It is April 7th, 2019. I watched the movie Vice last night about Dick Cheney, and I noticed a lot of pro-Israel propaganda and some attempt to rewrite history as uh, the history shows. So I thought uh, instantly contact my friend, Mr. Christopher Bolin, to uh, come on and talk about all of this propaganda and break it down and expose the lies that they're pushing in this movie. Thanks for coming on, Chris, and joining me. Well, it's nice to be with you, Adam. Good to be here. So before we get started and play this clip, uh, I, you just watched it a minute ago. Um, just wanted to show everybody here. Um, Christopher Bolin, your Facebook. You are the author of the books uh, Solving 9-11, The Deception That Changed the World. As well as the and also the war on terror, the plot to rule the Middle East, and this book in particular, uh, we're going to be going over a lot of stuff in here to break down this lies in this video. And you're at Christopher Bolin on Facebook, and Bolin.com is the website. Right. So, um, should we just get in with the? Oh, and one other thing I wanted to say too about the book is uh, it was a number one bestseller on Amazon. Mm-hmm. The War on Terror, and both of them were. They were at uh, The War on Terror, The Plot to Rule the Middle East on Amazon, and it was at number one top seller in terrorism, see here, and as well yeah. as the number one top seller in Israel and Palestine history. And I believe that Solving 9-11 was also at the top of those lists as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so let's play the clip and get your take and uh, I already got a, a copyright block. It's blocked in France when I uploaded it, so I'm going to pause it halfway through. And this is fair use for, uh, you know, you know the, the lawyer lingo. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Polling for an invasion of Iraq is at 53%. A focus group show people still aren't sure about a connection between Saddam and Al-Qaeda. How about we break that down first? They were trying mm-hmm. to push this idea in the movie and in real life that Saddam was connected to 9-11. Yeah, they tried to – that was a, a propaganda attempt to, to say that uh, al-Qaeda had visited uh, Iraq and that there were connections between um, Saddam Hussein and 9-11. And there is, of course, no evidence at all that Saddam Hussein had anything to do with 9-11. Right. And in the movie, it shows Dick Cheney talking to the CIA and they're like, all of these intelligence reports reports are false. And they really frame it that Colin Powell didn't want to give the U.N. speech and that they all uh, Dick Cheney and and Rumsfeld forced him to do it, essentially. Mm -hmm. 
And they tried mm-hmm. to immediately they tried to hype up that connection between there was like a meeting in Prague that that was like yeah. unsubstantiated. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was supposedly an Al Qaeda guy, and you know they had a meeting in, in Prague. But that's none of that has been. You know, it's it's like the same thing with they they said about Africa. They said there was a yellow cake or something from Africa. There, there were all kinds of uh, uh, attempts to 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 draw Iraq into the. Um, 9/11 conundrum in one way, but there is no evidence, and so these these were all attempts by the the uh, the pro-Zionist, the pro-Israel group, uh, a project for a new American century, to um, get the war in Iraq going, which they had they had tried to they had tried to get the war in Iraq going um, since the mid 1990s. They had appealed, they had uh, you know appealed and petitioned to uh, uh, Clinton, and and then when when Bush was elected to start the war in Iraq. That's what they really wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. We'll continue on now. Here we go. And uh, France and Germany have both said that they will not join our coalition, and neither will Israel. Harry, or not, we, we went to the wall together. We conned we, we prayed together. Israel is one of the closest allies. Okay, pause there. Mm-hmm. Israel is our closest ally, number one. They made sure to throw that in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think he said Israel is one of our closest allies. I think that's the way. But but yeah, it's the the standard refrain um, of uh, the U.S. government and and pro-Israel groups. They'll say that it's our number one ally. It's the only democracy in the Middle East. You know, you've heard these things for decades. Um, they're not true. Um, if Israel were our ally, it wouldn't attack us as it did on 9/11, as it did on the USS Liberty, as it did in the Lavon affair, on many occasions. Um, the people at the very top of the Israeli chain of command, people like Rafi Eitan, um, uh, view Amer- have always viewed America as an enemy state. So, you know, understanding the the real Zionist history is important here. Right, right. And then he also says, uh, Bush says that, oh, I went to the wall and I prayed with Ariel Sharon, and they mm-hmm. still won't do it. And now she says why they won't want to do it here. If they said an invasion of Iraq would destabilize the region, sir, and they, they don't believe Saddam is an immediate threat. Okay, that's the biggest lie I've ever seen. They should go to prison for that lie, I, I honestly feel. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a movie, right? And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a comedy, uh, from what I read about it. It's, it's, a, it's a comedy drama or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, Condoleezza Rice is supposedly saying that, that Israel did not want to join the coalition. Okay, that, that part... Uh, could be true because Israel has never been a member of any of these coalitions fighting terrorism um, because they're not they're not at that level they are at the uh, uh, you know the management level the the architectural level they're the ones who who choreograph the war on terror um, so they're not going to put any 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 people um, you know on the line mm-hmm. uh, they're too busy running the thing they have everybody else fighting in the wars. And, and exactly. the, guy had, the guy had the guts from the JCPA. He was at CPAC uh, uh, last month. And he mm-hmm. said that we uh, Israel has never asked you to fight for us. That's what he said. I was like, what are you doing? What kind of gaslighting is this? But yeah, they never joined the coalitions, although they were behind the architects of the war, the war on terror. Yeah. And it's like uh, Bibi Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu said, um, he said sometimes... Democracies, democracies have to be bombed into going to war, mm-hmm. and and you know bombing a democracy into into war is what they did on 9/11, um, and they've you know they they've they've bombed American military targets uh, numer- numerous times, 
Um, and and it's you know you have to understand that the war on terror is uh, what we're talking about. The war on terror is is a Israeli construct, an Israeli design that was rolled out by Benjamin Netanyahu and his father um, under the guidance of uh, Menachem Begin in 1979 at the Jerusalem Conference on International Terrorism. And, and you know, this happened when, when uh, Menachem Begin, he's the arch-terrorist of the Irgun, when he became prime minister in 1977, the very first thing he did is to try to put into effect this, this real estate war, this war to take property in the Middle East by invading Lebanon. And that, that 1978 invasion turned into the 1982 invasion, um, you know, where, where American Marines were finally brought in and killed in large numbers by the Beirut bombing, mm-hmm. which was probably also an Israeli uh, false flag attack. Right, right. It, seem, it seems like it. Okay, and we, yeah, we're going to play those uh, Netanyahu clips to show that this is just an outright uh, deliberate lie, a rewriting of history, trying to indoctrinate uh, you know, the people through entertainment. Well, what they're trying to do is they're trying to they're trying to you know the the war in Iraq is uh, what is it twenty eight years now it's been going on since nineteen ninety one it began it's been extremely costly it's been it's been very disastrous and there was an inquiry done in England called the Chilcot Inquiry um, in which they deemed that the uh, invasion of Iraq the Anglo American invasion of Iraq in two thousand three was in fact a war crime and that you know people like Tony Blair and and uh, George Bush are therefore culpable of waging a war of aggression. Mm-hmm. Now that that people might understand what that means, but that's from the that's legal legal talk uh, for a supreme war crime. Mm-hmm. It's considered a crime against the peace to wage to conspire and plan to wage a war of aggression, which is what the war against Iraq was in 2003. So because you know it's all based on false uh, evidence or uh, you know false notions that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction and you know and and for israel to israel wants to you know the people that made this film anapurna productions is the main producer of the film um that's owned by megan ellison megan ellison is the daughter of larry ellison uh larry ellison is a very big supporter of uh, friends of israeli defense forces a uh, very big supporter of is- israel and and settlements in israel he gave millions of dollars to a, a some village or town near Sidrot, near the Gaza Strip, because they, you know, for, for missile, anti-missile batteries or whatever. Um, so he's, it's, it's, it's coming from that, that point of view. And then the other, on the other side of the production is Brad Pitt and some of his people from this uh, company he has. Brad Pitt is a, a very close friend of uh, Arnon Milkan, the, the big Israeli film producer uh, and Israeli agent in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So these are the people who made the film. So they put that part in there. They put those words in Condoleezza, Condoleezza Rice's mouth to um, make it look like Israel had nothing to do with waging the war in Iraq, when in fact Iraq, I mean Israel was the the main sponsor, the main promoter of the war in Iraq, and has been for a long time. Because it's it's their the invasion of Iraq. You see, the Yanon plan, the Israeli plan to dominate the Middle East, depended on Israel taking out the two biggest countries on the Eastern Front. And they said Iraq and Syria in that order, and and they, they saw Iraq as being the the greatest, uh, most hostile enemy power against Israel. Mm-hmm. So they had to take that out first and and break that country up into pieces and and neutralize it, destroy its military, and then go after Syria. And this is exactly what's been done in the last 17 years after 9/11. So who benefits? 
Bibi Netanyahu was very clear. He said, you know, speaking to an Israeli audience at a university there, he said Israel is benefiting from one thing, and that is the attack on, on the Twin Towers and, and the Pentagon and the American struggle in Iraq. Now, if the Prime Minister of Israel says that Israel is benefiting from the, the American struggle in Iraq, it pretty much sounds like he supports that, that war, doesn't it? Absolutely. It completely contradicts. I've got so many clips that prove that this, this little line they have here was a complete lie. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of them, Netanyahu, saying all that. Saying that the Iraq war was good when they're... They, and so not only do they whitewash history and try to make it seem like this was all Dick Cheney's plan and Israel was against mm-hmm. it, but they make Israel look like the sane ones and go, like, that we should listen to them. Right. Oh, they didn't want to take out Saddam. Netanyahu had been advocating to take out Saddam for decades. Right. And this is part and, par- part and parcel mm-hmm. of the whole um, notion that, that Bush and Cheney, or the Bush family and Cheney and these people... Um, are the culprits of 9/11? That that you know this all goes this this all goes back to this idea that um, you know not that Israel was in any way involved in 9/11, but that Cheney and Bush did it. So that it was like an, an a real inside job where um, you know these these politicians or the Bush family uh, committed the war on committed the 9/11 atrocity, and now are also you know the big pushers of the war in in Iraq and Afghanistan. When in fact um, there are people that pushed Bush and Cheney into this war, and mm-hmm. and you know the most obvious is the not only the Yanon plan of 1982, the Israeli plan to dominate the region, but the project for a new American century. When you know people like Bush and Wolfowitz and Cheney, these people were, may have been signatories. They were signatories to this plan, but the plan itself was a was a Zionist plan crafted by um, you know um, the, the Kagan Donald Kagan. He's the founder, along with uh, uh, who's the other guy? Yeah. They, they wanted to There's, blame Palestine a whole lot more for 9/11 than they were able to. Also, yeah, but they they wanted to they wanted to put 9/11 um, as an as an as an Arab operation as a as an Al Qaeda operation, and the the interpretation of 9/11, America didn't understand what happened on 9/11. Even the the top brass people like General Wesley Clark did not understand. Um, who was behind 9-11, what it was all about. And he said, we did not have American understanding of it. He said that about five years after when he was running for president. We did not have American understanding. What we had was foreign understanding. The under- interpretation of 9-11 was given to us by the likes of Ehud Barak. On 9-11, after it happened, that very day, all of the interpretation of what who was responsible, that putting the blame on, on Osama bin Laden, came from Zionists and people who were connected to um, People involved in 9/11, directly involved, like uh, uh, the guy out in San Diego, um, Jerome Hauer. Jerome Hauer was one who, who blamed, and then there was the uh, uh, Bremer, Jerry Bremer. He also blamed on NBC, blamed Osama bin Laden. But the number one person was Ehud Barak, who was on BBC World t- Television in London, in the studio, and he put the blame directly. This is before the third tower even fell on 9/11. You know, this is like. In the, in the afternoon in Britain, and he, he put the blame directly on Osama bin Laden and said, now is the time to wage a concrete operational war on terrorism. And then he went over to Sky, Sky, Sky Studios and said the same thing. Mm-hmm. And these are the two biggest English-speaking networks in the world. So they made sure they got the message out right away, um, interpretation of the event, blaming the, the party. The, this is called the primacy effect. The first explanation that's plausible for an atrocity the first explanation that's put out there is the one that people will wrap their mind around and accept as true. 
and then nothing matters after more after that. Okay, I think there's a little bit more in this clip, and then I want to replay it, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more. That's not good. I really want a strong coalition for this. I have an idea. And then they decide to have Colin Powell give the UN speech. So here, here's this one more time. Harry and I, we went to the wall together. Oops. And uh, France and Germany have both said that they will not join our coalition, and neither will Israel. Harry. Crap. There's one of the closest allies. They, they said an invasion of Iraq would destabilize the region, sir, and they, they don't believe Saddam is an immediate threat. Okay, so how about how about just those things that um, they didn't think that Saddam was a threat? How's that a lie? Yeah, but now the thing is, is that is that, is that I think that Colin Powell said France and Germany does not want to be part of it. Is mm-hmm. that what he said? Yeah, and, and, or Israel. Mm-hmm. And then he and then he talked about going to the wall with Ariel Sharon. And then she's speaking. So she's speaking about Israel. Yeah. Um, well, she, you know, from Israel's point of view. Um, destabilizing Iraq was, in fact, what they wanted more than anything else. Mm-hmm. They wanted to um, the all of the uh, the first war against Iraq, uh, the first Gulf War, followed by the twelve years of sanctions, followed by the third war, uh, the, the second invasion in two thousand and three. Um, these benefited Israel. You know, Israel Israel was struck by Scud missiles in the first Gulf War. Tel Aviv was hit by these Scud missiles coming from Iraq, and um, as I said, the the Israelis have always viewed Iraq as the greatest foe, mm-hmm. and the, the Yanon plan called for the breaking down of the central command in in Ir- Iraq and uh, demobilizing the military, which is the very first thing that George Bush did when he took over Iraq, which isn't usually doesn't make any sense because you you really cause you break up a country when you destabilize when you when you destroy the military when you mm-hmm. when you send everybody home. And that's what that's what Israel wanted. That's what they've been calling for since 1982 in in their Yanon plan, the plan to dominate for Israel to dominate the region. And that's what or clean we've done. break also clean break. Right. And and PNAC Project for New American Century said very clearly that it called for this uh, uh, re- rebuilding America's defenses document written in September 2000 called specifically for an American invasion and occupation of Iraq, and it said that. The question of whether Saddam Hussein is on the throne was not was not uh, re- relevant. That that wasn't the, the issue. It, it, they said that because of Iraq's position, its power, its resources, that America had to occupy the country, mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing now. So um, you know, 28 year we we've been we've been waging a war against the state of Iraq, the nation of Iraq, the people of Iraq, for now 28 years. I think it is. Yeah, since since January 2000, uh, 1991. So uh, this is this is benefited Israel a great deal. And this is, this is, this is a, a realization of the Israeli plan for the region. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, they say that, um, oh, Israel says it will destabilize the, the region. That's what they wanted. They wanted to destabilize their neighbors. And also, Dick Cheney also said in an interview before 9-11 that if they took out Saddam, it would create a vacuum and it would, mm-hmm. you know, destabilize and create chaos. So he knew it, mm-hmm. and then he still did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And this other idea about them, like in this movie, trying to actually blame blame the Gentiles, essentially, and, and make Israel right. look like the good guys, the sane ones. George right. Tennant, drunk in Bandar's pool, screaming about Jews by Jeffrey Goldberg. He says here, they're setting me up. The bastards are setting me up. I'm not going to take the hit. 
He mocked the neoconservatives in the Bush administration and their alignment with the right wing of Israel's political establishment, referring to them uh, with exasperation as the Jays. They wanted to pin the uh, war on terror in Iraq on him. Mm -hmm. Just like this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is is that you have to understand also is that Tenet was the... He was the head of the CIA on 9-11. He was the director of the CIA. But, you know, as director, it's, it's really a, a figurehead position of the CIA. The person who ran the CIA, the executive director of the CIA, uh, which was then the number three position, but the guy who actually ran operations on a day-to-day basis was um, uh, Mr. Krongard, Buzzy Alvin Krongard. Um, and, and he's the one who, who had been running Deutsche Bank... Um, Oppenheimer and uh, the, the, the fund, the, the Alex Brown fund, which became Deutsche Bank. Um, and, and these are the ones who bought all of those put options. You know, th- this is very important. Didn't all, they give so, loans to Trump too, Deutsche Bank and, and Kushner? I yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Deutsche Bank was the one that has given lots of loans, I think three bankruptcy loans or whatever to, to Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, what happened is that the Alex Brown bank is the a very old investment bank in Baltimore, and it was bought by this Buzzy Krongard, who is a big uh, Zionist fella. Um, his wife um, is the uh, CEO of Rothschild North America. So this this is a very interesting connection because the guy that ran the, the operational director of the CIA on 9-11 is married to a woman who is the head of Rothschild North America. I think that's very interesting. Every time, it seems like when we're st- researching stuff, the Rothschilds pop up every single time. Yeah. I, and I always say it. They're, they're usually, they're, they're usually um, like I said, they're detached, you know, one step back. Like mm-hmm. the wife is hired, is running, you know, works for them. Or the uh, uh, people have worked for Rothschilds and are now working. But they're, they're, they're tied into everything. They're tied mm-hmm. into everything that Israel does practically. Because the, the, the connection is that like um, the, between the Rothschilds and, and Israel is that like Israel is the fist inside the Rothschild glove. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. Okay, uh, let's play a few of these clips, though, that pro- prove that uh, Netanyahu and Ehud Barak were all over the news calling for war with Iraq. And there's, you can go back even years before 9-11 happened, and there's clips still online of Netanyahu doing the same spiel about Ira- that he's given about Iran right now, about they've got WMDs, they got nukes, mushroom cloud, we got to preemptively invade as Ehud Barak called on so let's play a couple of these these are compilations that's out of my uh, my videos my my edits of God's chosen people and marching to Zion on YouTube let me know uh, stop me if you can't hear the audio okay Chris okay it's going to be a tough battle and it, at its most fundamental level to succeed it will have to go not against only the terrorists themselves but against the states the regimes the terror regimes that make the terror network possible. And I have no doubt that it can muster a global uh, attack, a global attack, not of defense alone, but of offense against the terrorist states and the terrorist regimes that they sponsor. You have to root out not only the uh, terrorist organizations, but also the regimes that harbor them and give them safe haven. The combined power of the terror network, that includes states like Iran, Iraq, mm-hmm. uh, Syria, the Palestinian enclave, and a few terrorist groups, and a few other See, they regimes to in the Middle East. They go after Palestine, too. So the mm-hmm. idea that, that Israel didn't want to, I mean, they didn't join the coalition, that's true, because they didn't sacrifice any of their people, but they wanted this war, this was their war, they benefited from it, they wrote books about it, they had the think tanks for it. 
They ran it. They they mm-hmm. they've run they've run the whole war on terror. You see, mm-hmm. um, the the Americans, uh, American intelligence and and a lot of European intelligence don't have the human resources or the language skills to, uh, you know, be in all these these Arab speaking countries. But Israel has people who come from all of these countries who speak the local dialect and can uh, blend in, whether it's in Iraq or Tripoli, Libya or wherever. Um, and 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 that gives them a uh, an advantage because they have human intelligence on the ground, and and then they have they have the overall master plan, so they can they can they can run the war and provide the intelligence, which is what they've been doing all along, and and so the, they don't have to be in the fighting level because they're the ones who are at the, at the mastermind level of the mm-hmm. war on terror. It's their baby. It's their project. You see, we've been duped. The American people have been duped. The Europeans have been duped. We've been we've been snookered and duped into fighting this war, which is only for Israel's benefit. There is no American interest in in overthrowing Iraq or Syria or Afghanistan. There's no American interest there whatsoever. There's disinterest. It actually puts us at risk and makes us hated around the world. Of course, of mm-hmm. course. I, besides, it's cost a huge amount of money. You know, that's 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 where the Rothschilds gain because when. When America goes to war in these long, drawn-out wars that go on for 20, 30 years, it, 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 it costs a huge amount of money. All that money has to be borrowed. And, and all of those, that, those borrowed funds are owed to banksters like the Rothschilds. So they gain, they gain more control over our, over our country um, as, as we become more indebted to them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, here, let's play a few more of these. They only get better. What is important to understand... Uh, is that you have to dismantle the entire terror empire, and especially before its main practitioners, the terror states of Iran and Iraq, acquire nuclear weapons. The application of power is the most important thing in winning the war on terrorism. If I had to say, what are the three principles of winning the war on terror? It's like, what are the three principles of real estate, the three L's, location, location, location? The three principles of winning the war on terror are the three W's, winning, winning, and winning. The more victories you amass the easier the next victory becomes. The first victory in Afghanistan... I mean, this sounds like a bloodthirsty warmonger. He's going, let's go take <laughs> over this country and this country and win, win, win and take them all out. And, the, and then now we got media uh, movies 20 years later saying, oh, Israel didn't want to go to war. It was Dick Cheney. It's sickening. You have to, you have to remember that, that Netanyahu, this, this man is a psychopath, um, you know, cultivated by his father who was a, a, a hard hardcore Zionist... Um, propagandist as well um benjamin netanyahu was asked by the uh, uh new york times on september 11th how this terror atrocity in which something like twenty thousand people were thought to have been killed how will this affect american israeli relations and he blurted out it's very good it's very good he said well not very good but it'll 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 you know um generate sympathy mm-hmm. so you know who would say who would say in his right mind that what happened in new york city on 9-11 was very good mm-hmm except somebody who had a, who saw real benefit and the benefit that Netanyahu saw was that this this meant 9/11 meant that the the war on terror that he'd been pushing for 20 years since 1979 was now coming close to fruition mm-hmm. and it did of course you know the war began 3 weeks later right here we go play a little bit more Afghanistan makes a second victory in Iraq that much easier the second victory in Iraq will make the third victory that much easier in Iran. He doesn't say it, but that it that he wanted Iran after them, and when they still mm-hmm. are, they're still working on that. Right. 
Right. You know, the Yanon plan makes very clear what, what states Israel wants to uh, fragment. And, and they, want to do, they want to do to the Arab states and Iran exactly what they did to Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. Yugoslavia was broken up into like seven statelets. Um, so it's a much, they're much poorer now. They're unable to muster a defense of their, of their collective you know, unity. There is no unity anymore. Now there's Serbia, there's Croatia, Montenegro, what have you. Um, and, and they want to do the same thing to the Arab states because that way if they break the countries up into ethnic statelets – you know, along confessional lines, along religious lines, or along ethnic lines, then there will no longer be states, mm-hmm. except for Israel. Israel will be the only powerful state in the region, and and Egypt. But they want to break Egypt up too. So so you know, and even Saudi Arabia is in the plan to be chopped up. So if, if they'll they probably happily hand it over. Yeah, if they accomplish if they accomplish this goal, this mm-hmm. is what my book is about: the war on terror, the plot to redraw uh, to, to mm-hmm. plot to rule the Middle East. It, it means that what they want to do is they want to redraw the map of the Middle East, you know, like it hasn't been done since World War One. They want to, you know, draw whole new lines and, and break up the countries so that they will not be able to muster a defense against the, 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 what Israel wants to do. And so they can divide and conquer and play the smaller groups off one another and they're not, they won't right. be big enough to, like, ever compete with Israel. And Israel just slowly, incrementally grow more and more to Eretz Israel. Like, look, they're, tra- right. they're taking the Golan. They're, they're talking about annexing the West Bank now. This peace deal is going to involve land swaps. You know, there could be another yeah. war and they'll try to take even more land and just say, we're the Jewish empire now. Well, yeah, there's an election, what, on Tuesday in Israel, yeah. and if Netanyahu wins, he said he will, he will annex the settlements on the West Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know, that's, a, that's a, a red flag, but he wants to get the support of the hard right-wing people in Israel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in two days or so, we'll see what happens in Israel. Right. Okay, here, a little bit more. Still gets better. Easier too, but it may change the nature of achieving that victory. May. It may be possible to have implosions taking place. I don't guarantee it, Mr. Turney, but I think it makes it more likely, uh, and therefore I think the choice of Iraq is a good choice. It's the right choice. Yeah. Once Saddam had... Okay, so he just says it's the good choice, it's the right choice, but they're saying Israel doesn't want to... that Iraq was a bad idea. Like, shame. Right, shame right. on this, these people, these criminals lying in, in movies like this. Right, but look at you're 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 pulling these these uh, video clips out of your archive mm-hmm. from C-SPAN from ten twenty years ago, mm-hmm. um, while they're putting out a movie for the young people today and and you know the the, the movie audience today, um, and this is an attempt to rewrite history. They want they want the the viewer to come away with the idea that Israel was not pushing for war against Iraq when in fact it was. It was in fact the driving force behind the war against Iraq. As it is the driving force behind the war against Iran, you know, and th- Syria, that has, and Syria, mm-hmm. and you know, the whole the whole Middle Eastern conflicts mm-hmm. are are instigated. You know, the war against Lebanon. The, the um, king, the uh, Prince of England, even said that in a letter that was in the news that Israel, mm-hmm. all the turmoil in the Middle East, is because of Israel. Of course, of course, and they, but and they don't want you to. They don't want people to think that. So they, they you know, they're fighting very hard now against this. Uh, Boycott, divestment, BDS movement, and and people are a lot of people in the in the universities and things are waking up to the what Israel is all about, and so this is an attempt to whitewash um, the Israeli role in um, the war against against Iraq, which was mm-hmm. which is and was disastrous, and as I said, it, it's criminal. It's it's a criminal thing. So, you know, if if there were justice, if there were justice in this world uh, for the war against Iraq. 
the 2003 war against Iraq, um, you know, people like George Bush and Tony Blair and uh, the Israelis would be guilty of conspiring to wage a war of aggression. I've I've seen uh, articles that there's some countries where they have uh, they have indicted them or something so that they can't go visit mm-hmm. or else they'll be arrested for war crimes. I don't know if it's true. But oh yeah, oh yeah. There, are, oh, of course there are. Mm-hmm. There are countries that that are yeah. And and you know, um, uh, what was it? Malaysia. Malaysia mm-hmm. had a tribunal um, in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, based their their tribunal was looking back at the crimes of 1982 and 83 in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. And they issued those kinds of uh, warrants and things for uh, people who were involved in, in the Sabra and Shatila massacre and other things. But yeah, there are, there are places people, you know, people, Israeli officials and Israeli intelligence people cannot go to because, um, you know, the public opinion calls for their arrest. Right. Okay, here we go. More back to the clips. Has nuclear weapons. The terror network will have nuclear weapons. Next thing you'll see is a nuclear bomb in the World Trade Center, eliminating the nuclear threat from Iraq uh, and begin a regime change there. I wrote a book in 1995 and I said that if, it, if the West doesn't wake up to the suicidal nature of militant Islam, the next thing you'll see uh, is uh, the militant Islam is bringing down the World Trade Center. Nations, democracy. Your thoughts on that one? Oh, and also, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that the, the, the boogeyman of militant Islam um, is 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 a much amplified uh, boogeyman, and if you look at the history, like I, I've written about in my book, The War on Terror, Al Qaeda and ISIS are actually products of um, Israeli military intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, when when the Afghanistan war was going on with Russia, when Russia invaded Af- Afghanistan, and, and then there was the resistance, the Mujahideen, um, Israeli military intelligence under Ehud Barak um, sent sent weapons and agents to train. Um, the Arab, the Arab Afghans, the Afghan Arabs, the, the, the people like um, Osama bin Laden, who came to fight against um, the Red Army, the Soviet Union in Afghanistan. The weapons came from the from the battlefield of, of uh, Lebanon in 1982. They had taken all that you know weaponry off the field. They took it to Israel. They repackaged it and sent it to sent it to Afghanistan. Sometimes Ehud Barak even sold it twice. He sold the material first to the Mujahideen, then sold it to Iran. But um, th- this, this is very important because they were creating why, – why were the Israelis with American money and Saudi money, why were they creating this uh, you know, anti-Western fighting force and training them in terrorism as they were doing in Pakistan? This group became al-Qaeda and Taliban in 1994, this, these people when, when, they, when they broke up. But why were they doing that? They were, they were creating the enemy for the next war. They were creating the, the Islamic, militant Islamic group that they wanted, which would become the, the target of the next war. And so then when you have created this target, ISIS or al-Qaeda, whatever, then you can move them around to places that you want to attack. So, for example, in, in summer, was it summer 2016, the United States was pounding two major cities in the Middle East. They were pounding Mosul, the second biggest city in Iraq. And they were attacking Raqqa in Syria. And they were pounding these cities. They were pounding them to smithereens, killing lots of people. What they were really doing, they said they were fighting ISIS, but they were destroying these, these Arab cities and pushing, the people, pushing their people into um, exile. Yeah, and also um, they're doing it in modern day too. The, the former Mossad head was on Al Jazeera admitting that 
they're supporting ISIS and Al-Qaeda and al-Nusra in Syria and that they give them medical aid. It's come out that they're arming them, supporting them, providing air cover for them, and then even giving them aid in their hospitals and sending them back out on the the battlefield. And they claim, oh, we're being humanitarians by helping. We don't even ask if they're terrorists. In fact, we know they're terrorists and we just... And then when ISIS attacks Israel, which they never do, the Mossad guy says it, oh, they don't never attack. And the one time that they accidentally attacked, they apologize. I mean, give me yeah, a break. It's like, it's like ISIS, ISIS was, um, had a enclave directly on the Israeli border during the entire war, the eight-year war in, in Syria. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still there. Um, but, and, and, and when ISIS fighters were evacuated from southern Syria, um, they were evacuated through Israel. Mm-hmm. And they went down to Jordan. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like they're, you know, Israel has been supporting ISIS all along, and some people will say, well, you know, ISIS stands for Israeli Israel Secret Service Intelligence, mm-hmm. Secret Intelligence Service, something like that. ISIS, that that's like the the English English name for Mossad. Um, it may it, it is it is in fact the guy did like, say that on C-SPAN like years before anybody knew who ISIS was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, you know, but the Israeli—that's that's what I'm saying—is that the Israeli role in the war on terror is not just intelligence. They're the ones who are who have created the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a Hollywood screen set or a Hollywood film set. It's it's a it's a, a schauspiel. It's a it's a they they set up this whole thing. They per, they they put the people in place. Okay. They put the the, the elements. Arnon Milkan script. <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah. Arnon Milkan made a movie mm-hmm. called Brazil back in 1985-86. In which he, in which he, it was a, a futuristic film, in which the people in that futuristic film are living um, in in a time of the war on terror, and it's just like America today. That the, the Americans are fighting, or the country is fighting a far off war against the terrorists, and every now and then the terrorists blow up a restaurant or something, and the people have become completely numb to the whole thing. They just like they're you know they don't care, mm-hmm. and and so that you know these and the Medusa touch the Milkan film, you know, from 1978. Um, in that film, he predicted the attacks on the World Trade Center with a, a, a Boeing 747 or whatever flying into uh, the Pan Am building. And then there's so much in Fight Club, which he also produced. Uh, Vigilant uh, Vigilante Intelligence. Uh, Johnny Gat did a great video on that recently. And you have to you have to understand who Arnon Milkan is. Arnon yeah. Milkan is is the highest Israeli intelligence agent probably in the world mm-hmm. he he is he's uh of the that generation he employed he employed um benjamin netanyahu when he was smuggling nuclear triggers from california to israel um bibi netanyahu netanyahu was was his employee um shimon perez is a, a very close friend shimon perez brought arnon milkan into the into the into the craft but Arnon Milchan um, is also the, the the money launderer for the Mossad and for the is- Israel. Mm-hmm. He's also the banker for their foreign accounts. Um, he was also the head agent in in LACOM, which was their operation to get the components for nuclear we- nuclear arsenal to Israel, mm-hmm. um, like plutonium and the triggers. And, and, and for years he denied being a spy, but now recently he just came out and said, "Yes, you know, I was basically James Bond since I was twenty years old." And yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's proud of yeah. it, and he did it for his country. But we're not allowed to talk about dual loyalty in America. Yeah. And, and also, um, you know, Netanyahu in the clips was just like, oh, they're going to get a nuclear bomb and all this. Meanwhile, they stole nuclear weapons from us. They have them illegally, 
and uh, probably killed Kennedy because he wanted to inspect Demona where they were making them. And then now they have the Samson option and hold the world, the whole world hostage while they try to go around just like hypocrites. Well, the same guys, the same guys who stole the plutonium, well, diverted the plutonium from from Pennsylvania to Israel. Mm-hmm. It was this was highly illegal. Um, the same Mossad guys were then the Mossad guys who 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 tried to get the anti-terror contract for the World Trade Center mm-hmm. in 1987. Zvi Malkin and and Shalom Bendor, um, and and these two characters, you know, and and their bosses were the, the Isser Harrell was their former boss at the Mossad. This is the man who predicted that Arabs would attack the tallest building in New York City, mm-hmm. you know. And so these are all the same people. It's 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 a small group of 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 of, of uh, Mossadniks, I call them, um, high level intelligence people, Israeli intelligence people at the top, policymakers. These are the ones who, regardless of who's the prime minister, their agenda goes on, you know. And some of them hardly even lived in Israel. Like Shaul Eisenberg spent most of his life in China, in Shanghai, China, and Peking, um, but he was Mr. Mossad for Asia, and he's the one who is in, in you know. In, very much involved in bringing American technology, stolen American technology, to China, mm-hmm. you know, back in the 70s and 80s. And, and these are the people who are behind 9-11. It's a very small gang of Israeli criminals at the very mm-hmm. top. And it's not, it has nothing to do with race or religion. It's just a small gang of criminals mm-hmm. who are using Zionism, have used Zionism as their vehicle. Yeah, or, or it's just their obsession that drives them at the highest levels. Yeah, but they're not religious. They're you know they're not religious. They're not. They're you don't not think the Rothschilds are religious? Oh, <laughs> I think they worship the the devil. I don't know how religious they are. You, you but... know that the 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 first rich Rothschild was supposed to yeah. be a, a rabbi. That's what it yeah, says on Chabad.org. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a, a rabbi, but a rabbi mm-hmm. is you know a rabbi is like a a, a local chief. You know he's. Uh, uh, there's a lot of rabbis out there, but they're, they're, a lot of them are, are are pretty nuts. You know, they they say the damnedest things. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we go. There's a couple more clips, and then we'll get to the super chats, and then wrap it up. Thanks for coming on, Chris. This is uh, so welcome. important that we straighten this out and expose their their deceptive ways of how they're trying to rewrite history. I wrote a book in 1995, and I said that if it, if the West doesn't wake up to the suicidal nature of militant Islam, the next thing you'll see uh, is uh, the militant Islam is bringing down the World Trade Center. What a prediction, right? What a prediction. Yeah. What for- yeah. foresight. Yeah. He, he was writing books that he wanted a war on terrorism, and all they needed see, was a new Pearl Harbor. That's the essence of my, my book, The War mm-hmm. on Terror, is that I go back to the late 70s when this whole group came into power, the, the Likud, the... The, the 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 former net terrorists of the Irgun and you know Yitzhak Shamir, Menachem Begin, Ariel Sharon, and and they put into plan this operation. They put into the, this this plan into operation. It was a two pronged plan. One was to uh, have the 9/11 attacks in America, and to to have a terrible a terrible terror atrocity which would bring America into the Middle East, in order to be wage this war on terror that would. Um, you know, to defeat Israel's enemies for them. And and so what you have in the late 70s, you have all these people, like Yusuf Harrell, like I said, predicting, or Arna Milkan um, depicting the uh, the tragedy of, of 9-11. So it was, it, was, it, was, it was, you know, fomenting in their imagination very much in the 1970s. And this is from, you know, coincidentally, this is the time that I, I lived in Israel. So a lot of this stuff happened, um, you know, 
when I was there, and you know, you could see that the, the terrorists were taking over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Nations, democracies, don't go to war easily, and they usually debate and argue uh, before they do. Sometimes they have to be bombed into going to war. Uh, in fact, that's what happened in World War II. All of Europe had been conquered. You had to. Uh, America was actually bombed in Pearl Harbor, and that was a pivotal event that opened the eyes of Americans. And once their eyes were opened, they gathered the the power that is available in this great free nation, and uh, the result was preordained. Uh, I think preordained. I mean, come on. How does this guy go in front of Congress and say all this kind of stuff? And the way the Project for a New New American Century, Wolfowitz was passing out the book about Pearl Harbor, and they had the movie come out right before 9-11 about Pearl Harbor? Right, right. And, you know, it's, 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 that was the plan. That was the plan all along um, was to, you know, bomb Pentagon and, and the, the Trade Center. Uh, the, the, it's interesting that the, um, the FBI case file for 9-11 uh, crime was called the uh, Pent, P-E-N-T-T, bomb. Mm-hmm. Pentagon Twin, Twin Tower bomb. And, you know, this was, this was a, a bombing mission. It was a huge bombing mission. And, and the planes were course just the distraction for the main event which was the um explosion of the of the two the two buildings with three thousand people's lives being lost in them yeah and then in 2017 netanyahu tweeted or i don't know if netanyahu tweeted it but they said they tweeted out the prime minister of israel we also understand the pain of our american brothers and sisters who are marking today an event of enormous magnitude the september 11th bombings right Right. How's that? There's the official stories that there was no bombs, even though every witness and everybody on the on uh, the news was reporting them. Yeah, well, that's the good thing about the uh, the, the cases that are pending now. In the lawyers lawyers committee has has taken the grand jury in New York to mm-hmm. get the uh, uh, you know get the the facts out there and 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 to see if there are indictments for. We'll see what happens out of that, but also the the. Uh, FBI covering up, you know, there's a lawsuit against the FBI for uh, they were they were told they were mandated by Congress to address all the evidence that had not been carried in the covered in the 9/11 Commission, and you know it's like the all the evidence has been either sequestered or destroyed by the FBI. The FBI was put in charge of managing the evidence, but all they did is they managed to confiscate, managed to sequester, and managed to destroy the evidence of 9/11. The heads should roll for that, and 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 you know one of the people who's definitely involved was of course Michael Shertoff. I know Shertoff, Zelikow, all of these Z- hardcore Zionists. I mean, Wormser doesn't even deny it. She goes, "Yes, many of our, us are Israel first, and uh, there's no mm-hmm. dual loyalty. Actually, it's all Israel." <laughs> it, but it's interesting that like Shertoff, you know, first he was he was in charge of the investigation that didn't happen, the nine eleven investigation. He he oversaw the FBI's destruction of evidence. Then he was made Homeland Security czar for five years. Then he profited off the sale of these machines, you know, these back scanner machines mm-hmm. at the airports, Sheratov Group. Now he's the, now he's the uh, CEO of uh, British Aerospace BAE Systems Incorporated in America, oh, is one he? of the largest defense, defense contractors. So that's a British company. So he's, 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 been, he's being paid back for his, his service well done in the 9-11 crime. You know that after 9-11, I saw Netanyahu bragging recently that they came out with the new doors that went on all planes after the, the mm-hmm. hijackings? 
Mm-hmm. He was bragging that the, that was their first big tech, uh, technology achievement was uh, the doors mm-hmm. for airplanes to stop hijackings. And he used mm-hmm. to, when he was, him and uh, Ehud Barak were in the uh, their covert Israeli commando group, they used to yeah. go hide, uh, charge planes or something like that, right? Yeah, they were in a site at Matkal. Yeah. You know, that, that's how um, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's brother was uh, killed, was mm-hmm. down in Entebbe in Uganda. Um, it was a hijacking there that uh, they sent the Syriac Matkal down there. And and his brother was killed there. And then they created this Netanyahu Institute to deal with terrorism, mm-hmm. supposedly. And that's who that's who um, where they had the event in 1979 in which they rolled out the whole idea of the war on terror as the future conflict you know they were they were they were removing human rights or or anything like that or the russia the new the new threat came from international terrorism but at the time of course they blamed all of the international terrorism was blamed on the soviet union mm-hmm. right yeah so they had to change it to be uh islamic yeah. terror right so so in this clip the way netanyahu goes like oh he makes it sound like it's a bad thing that countries like think about it before they go to war and the way he's trying to manipulate it, us into war here is so yeah. uh obvious to see and it just makes me so angry this video uh this movie lies about it here let's watch it one more time nations democracies don't go to war easily and they usually debate and argue uh, before they do sometimes they have to be bombed into going to war uh, have to be bombed. So he had to bomb us to get us to go to war, essentially. is what he's, That's mm-hmm. what I hear. And the great danger that faces us. And once opened, then the, the overpowering uh, uh, will of the majority of the people of the United States, of the, the steamroller, is uh, inexorably moving to, to decide this battle. And this, I, I think, has been a wake-up call from hell. It is telling us. You have the power now to act, summon the will, because the terrorists have the will to destroy America, to destroy freedom, to destroy all of America's allies and all the democracies, Israel being simply on the front line. There is no question whatsoever that Saddam is seeking and is working and is advancing towards the development of nuclear weapons. No question whatsoever. If you- yeah. It happens more often than we can imagine. In my case, I was sitting at home, and out of nowhere, I just started feeling uncomfortable. Then it got worse, and I started perspiring. I tried to ignore it, but I waited too long. The chest pain came as we were driving to the hospital emergency. I felt my life clock begin to tick. I barely survived. There was lots of damage done to my heart. What do I do now? I was lucky. I took a leap of faith and tried a seven-herb formula with hawthorn, garlic, cayenne, and more called Extendivite. Herbs have been used for thousands of years to keep us healthy. If you're not using Extendivite as a preventative supplement, 
maybe it's time to start. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Ovoid. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. There is no question.